Do you ever get confused by what feel like a lot of buzzwords or trendy sayings when it comes to health and nutrition? For example, intermittent fasting, low carb, keto, plant-based, macros, micros, superfoods, intuitive eating. What do those mean? Then things start to get really vague when we throw in phrases like, listen to your body, just maintain a calorie deficit. You can find your food freedom. You can develop a healthy relationship with food. What the heck do those even mean? What do I actually eat? Balanced meals and building a balanced plate is the one that we're going to tackle today. It comes up so often, and I want you to understand not just what that phrase means, but how you can balance your meals quickly and easily. Here we go. Hey there, welcome to Be Well With Steph, the podcast, the show for women who know that personal wellness can be an actively pursued goal and who are ready to tackle building healthier daily habits with a little bit of good humor, a little bit of grace, and a lot of coffee. I'm Steph Jenko, your holistic nutrition coach and your host, and I'm here to help empower you to create and maintain a healthy lifestyle you love, a lifestyle that gives you the strength energy, and confidence to go after your wildest dreams. I decided to focus today's episode on building balanced meals because once you understand how to actually balance a meal and what your own system for building balanced meals looks like on the fly, you can reduce your meal plan and meal prep process and stress so much. And you can then kind of rest assured that your body got the nutrients that it needed, that you're managing your own hunger the right way, that you're providing yourself enough energy on a regular basis. There are two big ideas that we can explore related to building balanced meals. The first one is you need nutrients, not food. I feel like that should be a mantra a lot of us adopt sometimes. I need nutrients not particular foods. And the second big idea we'll get to in a few minutes is learning to balance how much energy we consume with how much volume we consume. But we'll come back to that later. Let's stick for a minute with the idea that we need nutrients, not foods. Now, this might challenge your own preconception about what components are supposed to go into a meal. And this especially could depend on the way that you were raised the way that your parents and other family members eat. We often had this old idea, it's kind of an old school, think meat and potatoes kind of idea, that the components of a meal were the meat, the starch, the vegetable. And by meal, I mean dinner in this scenario, that the components of a dinner are the meat, the starch, and the vegetable. And in our standard American diet, we see the majority of our meals be meat-centered. We think about people saying this is a chicken dish, a steak dinner. The emphasis is on what is the meat that we're consuming, and then what kind of starch goes with this? Is this a steak and potatoes? Is this a spaghettis and meatball? That kind of emphasis. And then the vegetable is almost the afterthought. What kind of vegetable side goes with the other things that we're already having? So a lot of people think that building a balanced meal 
means increasing whatever vegetables are, you know, eating more vegetables along with their sort of meat and potatoes. What this does, though, is emphasize building a meal based around foods. Meat is a particular food. Starch, like potatoes, that's a particular food. What we want our new mindset to focus around when we're talking about balancing meals is around nutrients. We don't need meat, starch, and vegetable. What we actually need is protein and healthy fat, complex carbohydrates, which include a lot of fiber, and then a variety of vitamins and minerals. Macronutrients are the nutrients that our bodies need the most of to get energy and to function properly and to build all of our body tissues. And those macronutrients are protein, fats, and carbohydrates. So it makes sense that we think about building our meals based around macronutrients, not based around particular foods. Protein's a great example of this. Protein is found in a variety of foods, of course, not just meat. So when we think about building meals around macronutrients, that helps us to focus instead of on particular foods. It helps us to focus on building meals that include the nutrients our body needs to be fueled and to have our body systems functioning properly. This could be a really hard mindset for a lot of people to break out of because it's so ingrained in us that there should be something that is the center of a meal and that usually that thing is the protein. And we're always in our culture thinking about protein sources and protein-rich foods and how to have a high-protein diet. There's really an overemphasis in this area. It leads us to really believe that our bodies need a lot more protein than they actually do and puts protein on a kind of pedestal compared to the other nutrients. You hear a lot about low-carb diets or low-fat diets, but I challenge you to find a lot of um, marketing campaigns around low-protein diets. That's not really the way that it works. When in reality, protein is one of the nutrients, and healthy fats and complex carbohydrates also have really important places on our plates. All carbohydrates and all fats, of course, are not created equally. They have different nutritional value. They can do different kinds of good and different kinds of harm in our bodies. But in their good forms, in their healthy fat and complex carbohydrate forms, they have really important, valid places on our balanced plates. That second big idea related to building a balanced plate was balancing how much energy we consume compared to how much volume we consume. This means we want to look at foods that are energy dense and also energy dilute. When I say energy here, I really mean calories. Calories are a unit of measurement of the energy that's in food. We need energy to go through our days. We need calories. We need the calories from food. That's our energy source. But some foods are higher in calories than others, right? That means that some foods are more energy dense. They provide more lasting energy sources for our bodies. The opposite of that is that some foods are more energy dilute. A food that's really low in calories is not going to give us as much energy for as much time. But our bodies need both of these things. And in finding a balance between energy dense and energy dilute foods, we find ways to both fill ourselves up on the spot and make sure that we have the lasting energy we need to go on through our days. Energy dilute foods 
are usually foods that are higher in fiber and higher in water, but lower in calories. That means that they're foods we can eat in abundance or what we say eat in volume. Think of your leafy greens. You can eat dark leafy greens until you are stuffed for essentially no calories, no calories worth counting anyway, right? Because they're coming from leafy greens that are full of fiber, full of water, really dense in vitamins and minerals. They're great for you. But even though a giant plate of leafy greens might fill you up on the spot, you're going to be hungry really soon after that because there weren't a lot of calories. There weren't energy-dense sources of fuel for your body to carry you through and last you a long time. So if we have a big old plate of leafy greens that's going to fill us up on the spot, we need to be combining that with complex carbohydrates, protein, healthy fats, and that's where we create the balance. A lot of times I see clients come to me who are eating salads for lunch and trying to make really healthful, nutritious choices, which obviously salad is a great choice. It's full of vitamins and minerals and relatively low in calories if weight management is one of your goals. But they're not finding them to be satisfying. They're hungry later, or they're finding that by the time you get home from work or heading toward dinner, you know, the snackiness is setting in and we're looking for other things. That's probably, in most cases, it's because the salad wasn't substantial enough with energy-dense foods to carry them through their afternoon. They're hungry. As soon as they burn up what limited calories are in their vegetables, their body's like looking for more food, looking for more energy. And if you are hitting an afternoon slump after lunchtime, I bet you that your food is not giving you enough fuel to make it through till the evening. So if we can learn to balance our energy-dense and energy-dilute foods, that means that we can stay fuller for longer and feel satisfied on the spot when we're eating. Okay, so if we accept these two ideas, we accept that we need nutrients and that we need to balance the energy that's on our plate, then we can create any balanced meal or really any balanced snack by combining complex carbohydrates, lean or plant protein, and healthy fats with plentiful fruits and vegetables. As a general rule, I suggest thinking about a dinner plate and thinking about half of the contents of that plate coming from non-starchy fruits or vegetables. So leafy greens and then other fruits and vegetables like zucchini, tomatoes, peppers and onions, artichokes, mushrooms, all kinds of fruits and vegetables, you na- whatever your favorites are that are non-starchy, meaning basically not potatoes and carrots. Potatoes and carrots or squash, those sorts of things are still very healthful and very nutritious to include. They're just more energy dense. They contain more calories than our other less starchy, more water-based fruits and vegetables. So about half of our plate is full of leafy greens and other vegetables. And then about one fourth of our plate for whole grains and one fourth for protein with thinking about healthy fats as a sort of topping or condiment or dressing, etc. The tricky part is that sometimes foods fall in multiple categories. Beans is a great example. Beans are a complex carbohydrate. They have lots of carbs that are great for you because they also have lots and lots of fiber. Everybody knows about fiber and beans. 
They're also really high in protein. So it kind of checks multiple boxes that way. And that's where we have to start challenging our idea that we need separate foods to fulfill our nutrient needs. We don't. We just need to fulfill our nutrient needs. So if I was looking at a plate, beans could help me to meet my nutrient needs of complex carbohydrates, fiber, and protein. So let's think about actually putting one of these plates together. In our old mindset, we had meat or the protein as the center of the meal, right? We had some sort of entree feature. And that hits the plate first along with our grains or starches. And then we sneak on a side of vegetables. That's the old you. As we're learning about building more nutritious, balanced meals, we know that there needs to be an emphasis on filling up on fruits and vegetables of filling up on about half a plate's worth of foods that are lower in calorie, but super high in nutrients. So a great shift when building our plates is to put the vegetables on first to know I should be filling up on about half a plate's worth of vegetables. Here they are. (laughs) And then adding in our starches and grains and proteins and thinking about things like healthy fats, things especially that come from nuts and seeds as our toppings and condiments and accessories, that sort of thing. Keeping all these things in mind, I can build balanced meals pretty quickly by combining um, the nutrients that I know I need. Let's think about making tacos. If I pull out a frying pan and I add in a can of beans, a can or a bag of corn, some salsa or fresh tomatoes, and then I throw that bean and vegetable mixture with some lettuce or cabbage into corn tortilla shells, I suddenly have whole grains, beans, complex carbs, plant protein, a few different kinds of fruits or vegetables, my leafy greens, and I'm going to top it with some cashew sauce or guacamole for my healthy fats that help me absorb all those nutrients and stay full. Bam, that's a one-pot taco dinner. You might think about cooking a whole grain pasta and adding some tofu with spinach and broccoli and fresh tomatoes. Half a plate of vegetables, whole grains, protein. Is this making sense to you? Let's think if we can come up with one more. What about oatmeal? Oatmeal being whole grains, which also are a good source of protein along with their complex carbohydrate. So what if we had a bowl of oatmeal that was made with soy milk and had nuts like walnuts crunched into it and a sliced banana and a bunch of fresh blueberries. I'm hitting the marks of nutrients. Doesn't matter what foods I include as long as the foods contain nutrients that are helping me to meet these nutrition goals. So a bowl of oatmeal like that has protein and whole grains, protein and nuts, protein and soy milk, I don't need for there to be a separate food that is designated the protein of the meal. Lots of foods have protein. They also have complex carbs in there, of course, like we said, and fiber in the oatmeal. And then nuts provide us with healthy fats. Healthy fats help to keep us more satisfied longer. But by adding in banana and blueberries, I'm increasing the volume of what I eat in a low-calorie nutrient dense, not energy dense, but a low calorie way that's full of lots and lots of nutrients. I hope that in challenging your idea of what you need to make a balanced meal or what you need the components of a meal to be, it'll open up your thinking 
to more foods that you can include to help you meet the nutrients that you need, regardless of what those foods are. Remembering that you're focusing on balancing those macronutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats with an abundance of vitamins and minerals and allowing yourself to fill up on those low-calorie foods, fruits, and vegetables, while also including components that are going to keep you full and give you energy longer. I'm hoping this takes out some of the guesswork of balancing meals and helps you to understand what that phrase means when you hear it. I would love to break down more nutrition buzzwords or common phrases that you might be confused about or want more information on. So let me know what those are. Head over to Instagram, BeWellWithStuff or to BeWellWithStuff.com in the comment section and let me know what can I do to help you have a better understanding of nutrition buzzwords and vocabulary so that those words become tools for you to use on your wellness and nutrition journey. Building nutritious meals does not have to be complex and it does not have to be complicated to be effective. Don't be afraid to challenge your own ideas of what makes a meal, to try new foods and explore new creative options in the kitchen. It's only going to help you move forward in creating a healthful lifestyle that you love. Speaking of creating a healthful lifestyle, Have you heard about the habit stacking challenge that I'm running with my friend Becky? It's going to begin on June 7th and you will have five days of healthy, simple habits that you can build one on top of the other to create a more healthful lifestyle that you love sent right to your inbox. You can join the challenge by going to the show notes and clicking the link for the habit stacking challenge. On social media, you can use the hashtag MyHabitsMakeMeStronger to connect with others who are also embracing the Habit Stacking Challenge. Can't wait to celebrate with you there. Thank you so much for listening to Be Well with Steph, the podcast. When there are a million things that you could be doing, I appreciate your choosing to hang out here. And I am proud of you for continuing to work on your own wellness journey. I invite you to head over to BeWellWithStuff.com for the details from this episode, my blog, upcoming events, and lots of other resources. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love to hear from you. I'm BeWellWithStuff everywhere you like to hang out on social media, so come on over and say hi. Until next time, my friends, be well. Be well.